Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Everybody doing well today? Amen. Well, let's pray again real quick over the word. Father God, we just thank you for another day, another opportunity to share your word with your people. Father, I thank you that your word's not just written on a page, but it's alive. It's like Jeremiah said, it's a seed. Father, we're planting seeds today, planting seeds in the heart of man. And Father, I pray over that seed, I ask you to water that seed, and I ask you to bring it to maturity in everyone's life that's here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you today about a subject that I talked a little bit about in one of my other teachings here in chapel, but I want to spend the whole time pretty much on that one subject today. Uh, I know we all know that it's in the Bible. We all know that it's there, but I don't really think that we think in the terms of what I'm going to talk to you about today. I don't think we think about it like we ought to think about it. Amen? I want to talk to you today about alignment for your assignment. Say that. Alignment for my assignment. You know, it's good for us to be in alignment with the Word of God. It's good for us to be in alignment with God's plan for our life, not just our plan for our life. Amen? Hallelujah. Again, Isaiah 46.10, like I said, I want to go back over this. Isaiah 46.10 in the Amplified says, Declaring the end and the result from the beginning. Notice it doesn't say that he just declared the end from the beginning, but he also, also declared the result from the beginning. In other words, he, he didn't just see the end. He knew how it was all going to turn out. Amen? Now, I want you to keep that in mind because if he knows everything that's ahead of us, shouldn't we be depending on him to lead us instead of us leading ourselves? Amen? From the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. The Message Bible says, from the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be, all along letting you in on what's going to happen, assuring you, I'm in this for the long haul. I'll do exactly what I set out to do. See, that's the thing. God has a plan. He doesn't just fly by the seat of his pants like we do. He had a plan from the very beginning. He went all the way to the end and worked worked his way back to the beginning. He wrote Revelations 22 before he wrote Genesis 1. Amen? Think about that for a minute. Nothing was ever a surprise to God because he had already been there. Amen? Now, 
Second Peter 1.3, King James says, According as his divine power hath given, past tense, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, this is one thing that I talked about earlier. I said when God seen the end from the beginning, he went all the way to the end of our life and started walking his way back. He's already seen everything that's going to happen in our life. Now he knows exactly what we're going to need for today, tomorrow, the next day. Amen? Amen. So he has already placed into place, according to that scripture, everything that we're going to need that pertains to life and godliness. In other words, he didn't leave provision for anything that's outside of his will. He left provision for everything that's within his will. And if we're walking that path, everything has already been provided. But many times, we're back here, and we can't see tomorrow like he can. And we say, he tells us what he wants us to do, and we think, oh, I can't do that. I don't have this, I don't have that. But he's saying, if you'll just step out in faith, it's already been provided. Amen? That's why I say, if we get this mindset, I think it'll change the way you think. It'll change even your prayer life. You won't be saying, God, give me this, give me that. You just say, God, thank you that you've already provided that for me. And when I get to that intersection of time that you decreed, the provision is already going to be there. Amen? I know we don't think that way. Amen? We're always concerned about what he's going to do for us today, what he's going to do tomorrow, but the word tells us that he's already taken care of all of that. Amen? Second Peter 1.3, NIV says this, says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's another witness that he's already given us everything that we need for a life of, for a godly life. In other words, when we're on his path, everything's already been provided. Message Bible says it this way. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. In other words, those provisions come as we get to know him more and more and more. Amen? Because the more we know him, the more we know his nature, and the more we know his nature, we know that he's going to provide. Amen? Hallelujah. His way 
is to start at the end and walk back to the beginning. In other words, he's already been there. He's already, he already knows what needs to be done, and he's already taken care of it. Our way is to start at the beginning, and, it's, and life is like a maze. We take two steps this way. Uh, well, maybe I ought to go this way. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe this way. And we're trying to figure it out. Amen? Life is a maze. But if we get on his path, it's a straight shot. Amen? Amen. We can put the pedal to the metal. Amen? <laughs> There's no, oh, oh, maybe I, no, no, no maybe. No. There's no maybe to it. Amen? If we walk by faith, and we know we're on the right path, just go for it. Amen? You know, it says, there's an old saying that says, men never ask for directions, and they never admit it when they're lost. Now, I know one thing that's very true for the flesh man. Amen? And you ladies has got a flesh man, too. Amen? This old flesh man don't like to admit when we're wrong. But we need to admit that God knows the right direction, and we need to be asking him for directions. Amen? What's the Bible say? Humble ourselves. Be humble and admit we don't know our way. We have to depend on him. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 24 in the Amplified, said, Man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? That's basically saying what I've already said. God has ordered your steps. How then... Are you going to understand how to walk your way when he's already set up the way he wants you to walk? Amen? I understand that to say God leads you one step at a time. You don't understand what's around the next corner, but he does. What we have to do is let him do the guiding. Amen? You know what that's called? Walking by faith. We get taught faith, 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 faith. But this is looking at it in a little bit different direction. Are we really walking by faith? Because walking by faith is depending on him to lead us, not us to lead us. How many of us get out of bed thinking, oh, what do I need to do today? Oh, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to, I, 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 I. When did we stop and ask him, God, what is your plan for my life today? And then we say we're walking by faith. Are we? Are we? You know, God doesn't have to stop and figure out anything. You ever thought about that? And he never has to get around to anything. 
Because from the beginning, he already spoke the whole thing all the way to the end into existence. And then he just sits back and watches how when we get to that certain intersection, he already knows what's there to help, what's going to happen. Amen? Now, sometimes we're thinking what's going to happen next, and I know you've all been there, but that's when you need to learn to trust him. Whatever you choose to do in your life is never a surprise to God. He doesn't look over to Gabriel and say, shucks, what are we going to do now? (laughs) We didn't plan on that. (laughs) Amen. Time intersects with his decree. Like I said, you can probably think of some times in your life Times when you feel like you knew God's plan for your life, but you're not seeing it manifest. In other words, maybe some prophet has prophesied over your life, and that registered with your spirit, because that was confirmation to what God was already telling you. And so you know that that's God's plan for your life, you just are not seeing it manifest in your life. Habakkuk 2.3 says this, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. In other words, if God has spoken it, you can be guaranteed that it will come to pass. Amen? God's vision or destiny for your life is on his timetable. Wait for it, because it will surely come. You know, sometimes the waiting is God waiting on us, knowing that we're not quite mature enough for that next step that he wants to step us into. So he's waiting on us to catch up to take us to this next step. It's kind of like you. You don't throw your five-year-old kids a key to your car and say, would you go to the grocery store for me? No, you don't trust them with that car at that point in their life, amen? It comes, you have to wait until there's a maturity there. Now, according to law, in Texas, that's when they're 16 years old. Actually, in real life, that's not always true. Some 16-year-olds still don't need to be behind no wheel. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) And see, God knows those things. So be patient. God does have a plan. And it will come to pass. Amen? Look at Abraham. God promised him a son. Do you know how long it took for Isaac to manifest? 25 years. 
is God just slow and he just wasn't quite getting around to it? Was he busy and just forgot? No. He has a time and a place for everything. And like I said before, when Abraham got to that intersection, there was Isaac. God had it planned from the beginning. Amen? Did it happen? Yes. It just took a while on God's timetable. But you know what? We have a whole lot to do with how fast God's timetable works. Amen? Again, a lot of times it all depends on our maturity. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. That verse is a little bit confusing when you first read through it. And if you really stop and meditate on it, sometimes it can become even more confusing. Even Bible commentaries say it's hard for translators to translate this verse because it's difficult. I'm going to read the verse again. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Some translations say the worlds were framed. Some translations say the worlds were prepared. Some translations say created. So it appears that the verse is talking about creation because it's talking about things that were made of things that were not seen. Amen? And that makes sense. But actually, the context of this verse comes is not from a physical creation. It's actually referring back to Isaiah 46.10 in the sense of God declaring the end from the beginning. Now hang with me, I'm going to prove this out to you, or show you what this verse is really saying. In the Greek, this verse is actually saying, he connects or decrees the ages and the alignment of the ages from the beginning. Okay? By faith, we know that the ages are properly aligned and connected by the word of God. You remember last time, I know I was talking about the word of our testimony, but I also mentioned this very briefly. The word of God is referred to as logos. Logos was taken from the word, well, I take that back, logos. Our word, English word, lego, was taken from the word logos. What's Legos do? It's a toy that connects. Okay? Now, think of that in those terms when it says... Let me back up here just a minute. He connects... There's that connection. He connects or decrees all the ages of time 
and he properly aligns them, connects them by his word. His word is the Lego that connects things together in time. Amen? Hallelujah. The Greek word for prepared in that verse is katotiso, and I may or may not have pronounced that right. It's a word for alignment. That's what we're talking about today. To properly connect something so we know the ages are connected by the word of God. When he prepared the ages, he properly connected them with his words. Which means the God who created the end from the beginning knows exactly where you are going to be at all stages of your life. When you was 20, when you was 30, when you was 40, he already knew the whole plan. Amen? When he started, I said this earlier, when he started in Genesis 1-1, he had already written Revelations 22-21. There was already a sacrificial lamb in heaven before Adam and Eve ever sinned. We don't think about that sometimes, do we? Sometimes we read Adam and Eve sinned, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what's plan B? God already had it planned, amen? He already knew that was going to happen. He didn't catch God by surprise, amen? So the word prepared means to properly align the ages And it also means realign. This Greek word for prepared is the word that that we take chiropractor from. What does a chiropractor do? He realigns, doesn't he? He realigns bones that have popped out of joint, out of socket. He sets that bone that's been broken so that it can reheal. It has to be realigned, doesn't it? Realigned. God is our holy, almighty chiropractor. Amen? Never thought about it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. Hallelujah. So God not only knew where he wanted to go from the beginning, but he also knew that there would be dislocations along the way. What do I mean by that? Well, he knew that Israel was going to mess up, and it looked like they had lost their destiny for over 400 years. But God looked ahead He already knew that he had a plan. There was a day that he was going to deal with Pharaoh. There was a day that he was going to let those people go. And when that day come, God just started snapping all those things back into alignment. They'd been out of alignment for over 400 years. But the time came... And God said, it's time to get this thing back in line. Snap, snap, 
snap. Amen? Hallelujah. He already knew that we were going to mess up and we were going to have dislocations in our life. Amen? We was going to take detours that he was going to have to deal with us, get us back into line, snap us back into alignment, and get us set back on that path. Amen? It's kind of like our modern-day GPS systems. You know, that system has been programmed. When you put in an address where you want to go, it knows already how to get there. So you program in the address, and what do you do? You actually put your faith in that program that it's going to get you from where you are to where you need to be. My question today is, if we can put our faith in a GPS system, why can't we put our faith in God? He knows better than that GPS system. I don't know about you, but I've seen GPS systems mess up. In some cities, there's more than one more than one street named by the same name sometimes. And it thinks you're going over there, and you're going over there, and you think, man, this don't seem right. This don't seem right. And it says, you have arrived. And you say, oh, really? Looks like I'm out in the middle of nowhere to me. You have arrived. Guess what? God's GPS system never messes up. But the GPS system, what happens when we make a wrong turn? All of a sudden, it's recalculate, recalculating, recalculating, turn left at the next corner, turn left at that next corner. Now proceed on the route. What did it do? It just snapped you back into alignment. That's what God does. Amen? Now, write this down. These are some quotes by somebody, but I don't know who it is, so I can't give them credit. Amen? Just something that I had in my notes from some time. It says, It takes supernatural courage because it will always require more of you than you think you have the ability to give. Talking about staying on God's path. I'm going to read that again. It takes supernatural courage because it will always require more from you than you think you have the the ability to give. Your willingness to obey is your qualification to do what you think you're unqualified to do. Let me say that again. Your willingness to obey is your qualification to do what you think you're unqualified to do. In other words, your willingness to obey is the key to receiving supernatural courage and boldness 
to qualify you for whatever God has destined you to do. Amen? Let me say that again. Your willingness to obey is the key to receiving supernatural courage and boldness to qualify you for whatever God has destined you to do. God's just waiting on you to step out in faith and simply obey. And when that happens, he's going to give you the strength and the boldness that you need to stay on that path. If you'll just keep trusting in him, it's a step-by-step-by-step process. Amen? The devil's going to tell you all along the way that, oh, you're too young, you're too old, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough, you're not qualified, etc. And oftentimes, we listen to him because he's screaming the loudest. Amen? Tell your neighbor, God has the alignment for your assignment. I believe personally that there's a realignment taking place in the body of Christ, realigning us for the end-time harvest. Amen? He's, he's snapping some things in order right now. You know, years ago, I thought about this this morning. I didn't have time to go back in the computer and find it. But I remember years ago, and it hasn't been too many years, but in prayer here on Sunday morning one time, God gave me a word, and in that word, it said that there are some things that appear to be right that are not right, and there are some things that seem to be out of line that are actually in line. But there will be a time coming in the near future when those things, you will get those things in the right alignment, the church, he's talking about the church, when you get those things in the right alignment, he said, I'm going to advance, advance, advance. He said it three times. When you get your act in order, in other words, when you get everything lining up with my plan, then I'm going to be able to advance you, advance you, advance you. And he, he, I took it to mean that there won't be any more waiting at that time. And I, I see that as this end-time revival's coming. I think he's preparing us for what's going to happen. And when we get there, we're not going to have time for him to be snapping us in place. He's going to say, come on, it's time to go. Amen? It's going to be pedal to the metal. It's going to be revival everywhere we go. And we're going to have to be prepared at all times and hear his voice and know exactly what he needs us to do. Amen? How many of you know that Jesus had a GPS system? He said, I only do what I see my father do. And I only say what I hear my father say. He didn't deviate 
from that system. Amen? Look at what he did. Well, he also proclaimed that we would do greater works than he did. How are we going to do that? By getting everything in line, getting on the right path, and God just take off with us. Everywhere you go, signs, wonders, miracles. Amen? Is that beyond your way of thinking? We need to stretch our thinking. Because God says, I'm about ready to do more than you can even think and imagine. It's bigger than you could ever even dream of. Are you ready? We're not ready because we can't see that. When we can see that, he'll say, Ha ha, I can go with this guy, come on. No more time for education. It's time to move. Amen? Hallelujah. Acts 17.26 says, Having determined their appointed seasons. The word appointed in the Greek means specific command for a specific purpose. So God commanded or decreed that you would exist for a specific place and for a specific purpose. Amen? Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16, says God wrote about you in his book. Guess what? He finished the last chapter before you was ever born. That book has been written. Ephesians 2, verse 10, says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Where is the good life? On the path that he planned. Amen? Talking about workmanship there. We are his workmanship. Just to do a short story, instead of going a long way around in my notes. Uh, when he's talking about workmanship, actually the context of what he's saying there is from a context. The craftsman is either a tailor or a seamstress. And he's talking about Workmanship. You know, when you're a craftsman or a tailor, or you you take materials and you make them into something else that they weren't before. Amen. But this context of scripture is talking about we are the garment that God is making. We are the outfit or the suit that He wants to wear. 
Now, I know you're all aware of the verse that says, put on Christ. He wants us to put on him, but he wants to put on you. And he don't want just any old suit to wear. He wants a tailor-made suit. So he's making you to be his tailor-made suit. Where the verse says, plan beforehand, in the Greek it says, measured in advance. So God measured you in advance for this work of art that he wants to make in this suit. Now, he's not going to make you what they call a rack suit. What does that mean? A rack suit is when you walk into J.C. Penney's or a store that carries men's suits and they got them hanging on the rack. Now, the salesman might say, what size do you wear? And you say, I'm a 44 regular. Well, a 44 regular has measurements that's close to your size. When you put on that jacket, it may fit everywhere perfect, except in the sleeves, and it may hang down here. You may have to have that taken up. The pants, you may have to have the waist taken up a little. You may have, most of the time it just has a long length and you have to adjust it to your size, amen? But a tailor-made suit ain't that way. When God measures you, he don't measure 36 waist, no. He measures exact, 36 and a quarter inch waist. He doesn't measure 30 inch length, he measures 36 and 5 eighths, 30 and 5 eighths. That's a tailor-made suit. When you put it on, it fits exact. So God wants to wear you as you wear him, but he don't want to wear a sloppy suit. I know Richard, he likes tailor-made suits. He likes to look sharp. He don't want them baggy in the seat, tied around the waist, looks like he's melted and poured into it. God's the same way. He made you tailor-made. He took the extra time to make sure that you was going to be perfect. The material he started with may not have been the best. But when he ended up, he had a tailor-made suit. Amen? Hallelujah. You're not just a somebody or an anybody. You have been tailor-made. And God's plan for your life was also tailor-made. Amen? Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16, message translation says, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. 
What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared before I'd even lived one. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, you are special. (laughs) Amen? You are. You're special. You're tailor-made. Hallelujah. Well, for time, I'm going to skip on through here. You know, we can look at Joseph's life as an example. When Joseph was young, we know he had a dream. And in that dream, God showed him that his brothers and fathers someday would be bowing down to him. He shared that with his brothers, and they didn't like that dream. So they thought, we're going to mess this dream up. So they took him, they sold him into slavery. We know that he was sold, and the man that bought him, like Joseph, and made him kind of the head of his household, just let him have free reign to do whatever he wanted to do. But this man's wife didn't like it because she couldn't have her way with Joseph, so she falsely accused him, got him thrown into prison. Now, At that point of Joseph's life, what do you think he thought about that dream that he had years ago? If that was you, what would you be thinking? Would you think, well, there goes my destiny. There goes my dream. It's never going to happen. Was that the end of Joseph's story? No. God already had it in his plan. And when the perfect time came, God, the almighty chiropractor, started snapping things back into order. And he snapped Joseph right out of that prison, right into that palace, and he became second in command only under the king himself. You think God knows what he's doing? Amen. He just snapped everything right back into alignment and said, now we can move forward. Amen? And that's what he wants to do in your life today. He wants to snap those things back in order so that he can do with you what he planned to do from the very beginning. Amen? Now, in our manager's meetings over at work, We're going through a book by Miles Monroe entitled Releasing Your Potential. And I want to read just a couple of quotes out of that. Because your potential and your destiny go hand in hand. 
Amen? What you do with your potential has a whole lot to do with your destiny and where you're going to end up in life. Amen? Here's what he says about potential. The abortion of potential is the death of your future. The abortion of potential is the death of your future. What is potential? Potential is unexposed ability, reserved power, untapped strength, capped capabilities, unused success, dormant gifts, hidden talents, latent power. It's what you can do that you haven't done yet. It's where you can go that you haven't gone yet. Who you can be that you haven't been. What you can imagine that you haven't yet imagined. How far you can reach that you haven't yet reached. What you can see that you haven't yet seen. What you can accomplish that you haven't yet accomplished. Thus, potential is the sum of who you are that you have yet to become. Your potential is not who you were yesterday. Your potential is who you're going to be today. Your potential is what you're going to do today. Your potential is how your life's going to turn out in the end. It's all up to your potential. Will you use your potential or will you abort it? Amen? Hallelujah. It's never too late for God to get you back in alignment with His plan and back on His path to success. Amen? All we need to do every once in a while is go into our prayer closet and say, God, what is your plan for my life today? We need to get instructions before we even start our day. Amen? It's all about being led by the Spirit in everything we do. Just like Jesus, he was basically saying he was led by the Spirit in everything he did. If we can do that, our potential will go through the ceiling and we'll accomplish a whole lot more in our life than we ever dreamed possible. Amen? It's called the walk of faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that today?